This episode is brought to you by EarthBreeze, the one New Year's resolution I've ever been able to stick to. It's completely transformed my laundry experience. Gone are the big, heavy plastic jugs, the measuring out of detergent every time. All I do is grab an EarthBreeze wash sheet. All I do is grab an EarthBreeze eco sheet. It looks just like a dryer sheet, except it's slightly less dry. It's ultra concentrated detergent. I throw it in the wash and that's it. Never think about it again. Laundry comes out great, clean, fresh smelling, no harmful chemicals or bleaches or dyes or anything in there. If you want to change up your laundry game this year, right now my listeners can get started with EarthBreeze and save 40%. Go to earthbreeze.com slash drilled, that's E-A-R-T-H-B-R-E-E-Z-E dot com slash drilled for 40% off your subscription. end of 2020, residents in the coastal California town of Santa Barbara were getting a bunch of weird notifications on their phones. These just spam texts out of nowhere that say, you know, urgent alert, Santa Barbara city is going to ban gas and destroy the grid and drive up energy prices. Contact them immediately. That's Katie Davis, who runs the local chapter of the Sierra Club, talking to the podcast A Matter of Degrees last year. The show is co-hosted by Leah Stokes, an energy policy expert and author of a book about corrupt utilities called Short-Circuiting Policy, who we heard from last episode. Stokes also happens to be a professor at University of California, Santa Barbara, and lives in town. When these robocalls and texts about a proposed gas ban for new buildings in Santa Barbara started to make the rounds, Stokes and Davis got in touch. Here they are talking about it on a matter of degrees. One thing Katie and I both noticed is that the first round of text messages were totally anonymous. There was nothing saying, this is from such and such group. It was really sketchy. They seem to have hit everyone in Santa Barbara because a lot of people we know got them. Even the city council members got them. A lot of people were misinformed by it. It was really misleading. The text messages directed recipients to go to the website of something called Californians for Balanced Energy Solutions, or C4BES, where they could write to the Santa Barbara City Council to oppose the measure. Mike Campbell wanted to know exactly who was behind this effort. I'm a program manager at the Public Advocate's office. That's an office inside the California Public Utilities Commission, which is the state agency that regulates privately owned public utilities. I know that sounds weird, but yes, it's a thing. Campbell's office keeps an eye out for predatory behavior and makes sure that utilities are treating their customers fairly. At the time, Campbell was already investigating the gas utility in Santa Barbara, SoCal Gas. We have been looking at SoCal Gas's activities as it relates to their efforts to undermine, impede, thwart, choose your synonym, California's GHG goals. That's the state's greenhouse gas reduction goals. Particularly as it relates to 
their interest in maintaining a high level of gas usage and making sure that the number of gas customers continues to grow. Campbell discovered how SoCal Gas was going about trying to undermine new policy efforts that would reduce reliance on gas. And he realized that not only had the utility been marketing and lobbying against measures that would reduce the amount of gas they could sell. They have been trying to have their customers pay for it. By it there, he means the lobbying and marketing. SoCal Gas's customers were footing at least part of the bill for these efforts. And they have also worked to try to obscure some of the lobbying efforts they have had by creating front groups and not being transparent about entities that they hire to speak on their behalf. Californians for Balanced Energy Solutions, the group that was texting Santa Barbara residents about a proposed gas ban there, was just such a group. And the chair of the group at the time was a guy you might remember from episode one, Eric Hoffman. He was the one who sent San Luis Obispo Mayor Heidi Harmon that email threatening a COVID super spreader event if the city council went forward with its vote on a gas ban. So as we started to get momentum in building electrification, this group emerged. It was probably early 2019, called Californians for Balanced Energy Solutions. Matt Vespa is an attorney with Earth Justice. This is him talking on the podcast A Matter of Degrees. It had a glossy website. It was just very professional. It had a number of members, you know, sort of coalition partners. It wasn't really clear who was really behind this from the website. It was clearly a, some kind of front group. It was just like so high budget and so polished. It was just not something that was remotely grassroots, obviously. And I think it just kind of came out of nowhere. And also like, what is a Californian for balanced energy? What does that even mean? You know, it's just, it's just such a clearly front group name. And its illegal activity included way more than just those unwanted text messages in Santa Barbara. That's the story we're going to get into in today's episode. Welcome back to Drilled, Season 6, Part 2, The New Climate Villains. I'm Amy Westervelt. Today, Anatomy of a Front Group. That story coming up after this quick break. New Year's resolutions are almost destined to fail. I resolve almost every year to work less, and we all know it's not going to happen. <laughs> but one thing I have been able to stick to, and you can too, is switching up the way you do laundry in 2024 and grabbing Earth Breeze. I know what you're thinking, laundry is not so fun. Those huge, heavy plastic jugs measuring out the right amount, getting goo all over the place. It's annoying. EarthBreeze Eco Sheets totally changed the game. Unlike powder or liquid, EarthBreeze actually looks like a dryer sheet, but it's ultra concentrated laundry detergent. And it's super easy. You just throw it into your laundry and that's it. There's no measuring, there's no lugging anything around. Your laundry comes out clean. It smells great. I love it. It's genuinely made my life easier. It's also dermatologist tested, hypoallergenic, free of bleach and dyes. So it's perfect for every load. You'll never run out of detergent again, thanks to Earth Breeze's easy, flexible subscription. You can adjust, pause, or cancel at any time with no hidden fees or penalties. And you save a whopping 40% when you subscribe. Plus, shipping is always free, and Eco Sheets are packaged in a slim cardboard envelope that saves a ton of space. 
It also gets rid of one more plastic thing in your life. And the company has donated over a hundred million loads of laundry and counting to those in need. Right now, my listeners can get started with Earth Breeze and save 40%. 40, 40. Go to earthbreeze.com slash drilled. That's E-A-R-T-H-B-R-E-E-Z-E.com slash drilled for 40% off your subscription. Hi, it's Amy here, and I'm excited to tell you about a new podcast from APM Studios and Western Sounds called Ripple. Such a good idea, this show. In the aftermath of major disasters, there is always a swarm of media attention. The public is captivated by breaking news, there's coverage and controversy, and then the cameras and the public just move on. But the stories are not finished. Ripple is a new series investigating the stories we were told were over. In season one, the reporting team traveled hundreds of miles across the Gulf Coast to learn the ongoing effects of the 2010 Deepwater Horizon oil spill, which are still impacting many coastal residents more than a decade later. You can listen now to Ripple wherever you get your podcasts. There's two time periods. One is where they're violating the commission's policies, undermining codes and standards. This is Mike Campbell again with the California Public Utilities Commission's Public Advocates Office. He says to understand the full context around Californians for Balanced Energy Solutions, C4BES, you have to see it as part of a pattern of SoCal gas breaking rules, which according to Campbell, goes back a few years. Back before the Electrify Everything movement really took hold and gas bans started to sweep the state. That history starts with SoCal Gas's participation in a state and federal energy efficiency program. The program allows utilities to use money from their customers to help promote stricter energy efficiency codes and standards for buildings and appliances. So, to, you know, to make your hot water heater use less gas, to make your furnace use less gas, and your dishwasher, what have you. And we, in looking at SoCal gases and other utility applications where they were seeking the commission's approval for their various energy efficiency activities, we uncovered evidence that SoCal gas was taking the customer's money, but then they were spending it to actually not promote stronger codes and standards. They were doing the opposite. In other words, SoCal Gas was using a program that was supposed to allow utilities to basically charge their customers for various efforts that would improve energy efficiency, and instead used it to fund efforts working against energy efficiency. Campbell's office compiled evidence of this and presented it to the California Public Utilities Commission in a hearing. In 2018, the commission found the evidence compelling and barred SoCal Gas from participating in the energy efficiency program. 
This was a year before the first gas ban in the country was passed in Berkeley, and almost two years before the first gas ban was proposed in SoCal Gas's territory, that measure in San Luis Obispo that we talked about in episode one. Campbell says that even though they got this official sanction, SoCal Gas kept misleading customers and the Public Utilities Commission on energy efficiency. According to him, not only was SoCal Gas ignoring the commission's rules, the utility was also lying to the public advocate's office and hiding data. The utility trying to mislead or lie or hide data or information from the regulator is a violation of uh, the commission's rule 1.1. It's rule one for a reason. It's pretty important and pretty basic for being a, a regulated utility. And that behavior rolled right on into the utility's fight against electrification. SoCal Gas was threatened by a wave of gas bans proposed in its territory. And let's be real here, these bans are a threat. While some territories have utilities that combine electricity and gas, making them less likely to protest electrification, that's not the case in Southern California. SoCal Gas, as its name suggests, only deals in gas. It's actually the country's largest gas utility with more than 20 million customers. And residential gas use is where most gas utilities make money. It represents about 85% of revenue for the average gas utility. Gas bans only cover new buildings, so it's not a significant part of a utility's business. But they do represent a turn away from residential gas use that equates to a major reduction in eventual revenue for utilities like SoCal Gas. Leah Stokes has spent her career tracking the role of utilities in shaping policy and particularly blocking climate policy. But it was a new experience to see it right up close in her own town. Here she is describing it on her podcast, A Matter of Degrees. They've shared the audio from their utility episode with us, and we'll be dropping that whole episode into our feed for you to listen to as well, because it's really great and it goes in directions that we will not. If you live in Southern California like I do, and you have gas in your home, which I currently do until I get my permits to remove the gas from my home, you are a captured customer of SoCal Gas. You have to pay them money. They're a monopoly utility. And then in January 2021, the Santa Barbara City Council was ready to vote on a policy that would shake that monopoly stronghold. The measure we discussed at the beginning of this episode, which would mandate that new buildings had to be connected to electricity, not gas. Ms. Clerk, if you would read that into the record. Yes, Madam Mayor. All righty, there we go. Item 18, Energy Code Amendments for New Buildings. After the presentation of the policy, the City Council opened up the meeting for public comment. And you probably won't be surprised at who spoke up in opposition. Can you hear me? Yes. Thank you. Uh, Tim Mahoney, SoCal Gas, and we are a long-term energy provider in Santa Barbara, committed to working with the city and other groups to achieve the goals of reduced emissions and create a more sustainable city. Yep, SoCal Gas, with a seemingly green argument. Let me uh, highlight just a few important points. To successfully achieve carbon neutrality, we need carbon-neutral fuels and gas infrastructure to deliver those fuels. So SoCal Gas is an industry leader in increasing the flow of renewable gases that can be delivered 
via the existing gas infrastructure. There's that renewable natural gas plan again. We've discussed this in previous episodes, but here's Charlie Spatz from the Energy Policy Institute with a quick refresher. Renewable natural gas, it's a brilliant marketing term that the gas industry has created, and essentially they're referring to biomethane. The capture of methane from landfills, sewage plants, or agricultural feedlots. Renewable natural gas is not really a viable way to achieve decarbonization because it could only ever supply at most about 16% of the current demand for gas. But SPAT says the gas industry is using the idea to try to lock in gas infrastructure. They are looking to provide their own solutions, which essentially mean continuing to use natural gas indefinitely. That's where we hear the term renewable natural gas come up. Now back to Santa Barbara City Council, where SoCal Gas's local PR guy, Tim Mahoney, was selling renewable gas in an effort to tank the city's proposed gas ban. Now, renewable natural gas is currently the only negative carbon fuel, and experts agree it is needed to decarbonize buildings. The council was not swayed by the renewable natural gas pitch and voted unanimously in favor of the gas ban that night. But they'd have to vote again in July to make it stick, which was plenty of time for that scrappy fake citizens group, Californians for Balanced Energy Solutions, or C4BES, to do its thing. Despite the group's efforts, though, on July 27, 2021, Santa Barbara officially passed the ban on gas in new buildings. But the California Public Utilities Commission was just starting to look into what had happened in Santa Barbara and what SoCal Gas was doing to oppose gas bans in general beyond just text messages and hokey ads. The commission held another hearing, this one about building decarbonization and how utilities were handling it. Here's Mike Campbell again. In the building decarbonization proceeding, there are various parties in the proceeding. We were a party. SoCal Gas was a party. The utilities were a party. And then this new organization, out of nowhere, the C4BS, asked the commission for the right to become a party. And so Sierra Club alleged that uh, C4BS was uh, not an independent party. They were a front group for uh, SoCal Gas. We thought that was a pretty serious allegation. According to Campbell, SoCal Gas, however, was not forthcoming with data and information, at least initially. But we kept digging, and lo and behold, not only was SoCal Gas paying for the creation of C4BES and was instrumental in pretty much every aspect of its operation, Campbell's team also figured out who was really footing the bill for C4BES. It turns out SoCal Gas had taken some pretty unusual steps. They had charged the costs for that to customer-funded accounts. It was SoCal Gas's customers unwittingly funding a front group. And that is not a small thing. It's very clear in commission rules that utilities may not charge their customers for lobbying. And lobbying is different than educating. SoCal Gas has tried to pretend that this was a gray area and they were just engaged in education. Campbell's office investigated further to try to figure out exactly what SoCal Gas was charging customers for. 
When I spoke with him back in 2021, the commission had just affirmed his office's broad discovery rights, meaning they could request all sorts of documentation from SoCal Gas. Though SoCal Gas had tried to argue it didn't have to cooperate with the investigation because of First Amendment rights and attorney-client privilege, the commission struck that argument down. Then in March 2022, the California Public Utilities Commission ruled in the first complaint against SoCal Gas, the one where they were cheating on the energy efficiency program. The judge slapped them with a fine of almost $10 million for that which seems like a lot, but Campbell's office initially recommended a fine of $255 million. SoCal Gas did not respond to requests to speak with us for this podcast, but in the wake of this initial CPUC ruling, it did release a public statement saying, quote, We hear and respect the administrative law judge's decision on this issue. Over the last two years and in response to this proceeding, we have enhanced our company's accounting and oversight practices. We look forward to working with the CPUC and staff on how to strengthen these efforts. Under new leadership, SoCal Gas is focused on a business strategy that is sustainable and aligned with California reaching its climate and clean air goals more quickly and more equitably. The fact that it's under new leadership is interesting, especially as the utility waits for a CPUC decision about its use of customer money to fund a front group. That's it for this time. We'll keep you posted on any decisions in that SoCal gas case. Next time, another story of the gas industry invading local politics in Southern California. There was, you know, a variety of front group activity likely associated with the Southern California Gas Company to bring a variety of different spokespeople, paid spokespeople or essentially people off the street to, you know, provide a message that was oppositional to electrification. They found the jobs through Indeed.com and they were actually advertised as environmental fellowships. Drilled is an original Critical Frequency production. Our producer is Jules Bradley. Our editor this season is Jude Jaffe Block. Sound design, mixing, mastering, and original music throughout this episode, including our new theme song by Peter Duff. Fact-checking by Wudan Yan. Our First Amendment attorney is James Wheaton of the First Amendment Project. Our artwork is by Matt Fleming. And of course, the show is reported and written by me, Amy Westervelt. If you'd like to support our work and get access to ad-free episodes and exclusive merchandise, check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash drilled. You can also sign up for our weekly newsletter, which includes bonus episodes via drilledpodcast.com. And you can follow us on Twitter at wearedrilled or me at Amy Westervelt. Please also leave us a reading or review wherever you're listening. It really helps us find new listeners. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.